Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Would it be going too far to sign somebody's phone number up for every spam service you can possibly find? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, a story from Jacob JW2, I remembered his blog. A decade ago, I was working behind the bar I own one night, a Sunday night which meant a mandatory midnight close in my city. We did last call at 11.30 and made sure anyone who needed a drink had one. A rather drunk fellow ignored me when I asked if he needed anything, so I closed him out. At midnight, as the lights go up and the music dies, he turned to me and asked for one more beer. I said, no, we're now closed. This dude lost his mind, started shouting at me about the bad service and how dare I deny him a drink. This happened sometimes with a mandatory midnight closure. As he was leaving, he stopped and shouted at me, I have a blog with thousands of readers and this is it for this bar. I'm going to review it so badly this place will be closed in a week. I hope you like being jobless. And he left. And to his credit, he didn't come back for years. I'd often see him in the neighborhood, usually very drunk late at night, but he didn't come back to my bar. Needless to say, the bar hasn't closed due to a bad review in a blog. In fact, we've really thrived over the last decade, and we handled COVID well, survived lockdown, and business has been booming. A couple weeks ago, the guy came back into the bar and sat down and ordered a beer for me. I served him, he paid. I asked how he's been and how his blog is going. He looked at me like I was crazy. I haven't had a blog in years. Did you used to read it? No, I told him. I mean, I assumed no one read it because otherwise I'm sure we would have been forced to close due to bad service. As I walked away, it was really clear he had no idea what I was referencing or memory of being a jerk a decade ago, but man, it felt good to mock him to his face. Let's be real, this guy probably operated their whole blog drunk. No wonder they don't have a recollection of it. By the way, hey, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is from Swanson Skim Milk, nice neighbor. Over the past few years, our apartment management has really gone down the toilet. We can no longer ever get a call through to anyone in the office. They hide away and won't answer the door some days. Well, one neighbor is pissed. Their lease renewal is due Monday, tomorrow. They've attempted to contact them for over a month and her rent is jumping to $899 from $595 for a one bedroom. The one bedroom is tiny, no washer and dryer in the unit. This is a crazy jump. Her revenge is sitting in the laundromat telling people how to only spend 25 cents on a load of laundry. If they're going to screw her over, she's going to screw them over. Is it safe for me to say that they're almost pretty clearly trying to run these people out of this place? Like that amount of rent increase and that little amount of contact? They have to be intentionally trying to get them to leave, right? Either that or you stay and they get a killing of a deal. Our next story is from Jonah vs. The Whale. Tricked a self-proclaimed ladies man into performing mandatory community service. Story about my dad and uncle. My dad and uncle were in a fraternity together in college. This guy named Steve was also in the fraternity. 
My uncle and Steve did not get along well. Steve was a self-proclaimed ladies man and liked the same girl as my uncle. Steve loved to prank people and apparently sabotaged my uncle's moped, which my uncle had to pay to get fixed. Later on, Steve did something that got him in trouble with the college and got him put on probation. But the college never followed up on any sort of action item and everyone kind of forgot about it. My dad then hatched a revenge idea. This was many years ago when personal computers weren't common, but my uncle happened to have one and was pretty savvy with it. They decided to create a fake letter from the Dean of Student Affairs from the college. In the letter, they detailed the action that got Steve put on probation and told him that he was required to perform community service by mowing 10 random people's lawns. My dad and uncle specifically went and looked for the absolute most overgrown yards they could find and listed their addresses on the letter. I should mention that this happened in the south in the summer when it was like 95 degrees and crazy humid. In the letter, they stated that Steve must complete these 10 yard mowings or he would not be allowed to graduate. They took the letter and put it in Steve's mailbox. Several days later, my dad was over at a friend's house and happened to look across the street and see Steve mowing this old lady's yard that had like a foot high grass with a push mower. The mower kept sputtering out and Steve looked pissed. My dad asked the guy what was up with Steve and the friend was like, oh, you didn't hear? Steve got a letter from the school saying that he had to mow all these yards or he couldn't graduate. Honestly, I think if you're going to get revenge on somebody, this is the way to go about it. Because you probably did those people a favor, who knows, maybe those people that had hugely overgrown lawns were maybe going through some stuff and just couldn't get to the yard. I mean, with this revenge, you probably helped some people out. I think it legitimately made a difference. Our next story is from World Worn, builders who have yet to learn the definition of irony. I popped into my local sandwich shop, there's a guy in a high-vis vest getting his order. As I reach the bread selection, he greets his friend, also in high-vis, who walks in the door. Very quickly, he jokes about having his park-anywhere lights on. True enough, the big white van is parked directly outside of the shop on the road and in the bus lane. The road is pretty narrow, which is why there's many parking spots and a car park, but this guy's still parked on the road in the way. They exchange some colorful language between them, complaining mostly about work as I make my order. I've ordered the kids meals by this point and the guy now behind me is agitated. He makes some comment about getting back to work. I ignore him. He gets a bit too close leaning on the divider next to me. So I slow down, suddenly considering all of my options. I act forgetful. I pull out the scrap of paper I had in my pocket. The guy behind me groans, oh great, he's got a list. The woman behind the counter doesn't hear or doesn't care. I take my time, buy a few extra things, make sure to get them toasted. The woman obliviously plays along, gives me all my options to combine for a meal deal. Did I want an extra cookie? I consider them all and get my order. The builder behind me is clearly agitated. I get my food and go and it feels like a bit of a win. I've wasted his time and gotten in his way. I thought he realized why he lost his lunch break or that he was being selfish and what turned out to be a nearly empty street, but I felt better for it. I would say the only downside of taking revenge in the way Opie did here is although it might be satisfying for some, for others this might just be really annoying because as much time as you're investing into this revenge, you're also pretty much losing. I think you gotta weigh your options. Is it worth it to lose that time to piss this person off? 
Or would you rather just keep your awful thoughts about the person who parked in the road to yourself, get your food quickly, and be on your way? Our next story is from jblack1108. I knew I was getting fired, so I scattered 200 business cards around the office in various inconspicuous places. I was working for a staffing agency as the branch sales manager a few years back. My new boss was slash is a complete craphead, had no idea what he was doing, had never worked in the industry, started pitting managers against each other to determine loyalty and support. We had a small office in the back of ours that he would use from time to time. One day, when I was in the office taking some lunch, I found that he was still logged into his email. Considering how much I disliked him, I snooped. I found out that I was getting fired. Sucked, but I had a few irons in the fire already, so I was ready to move on. I immediately started hiding what was left of my business cards all over the office, in individual files, taped under keyboards, under desks, under chairs, taped to the back of wall decor, between sheets of copy paper, all over the place. I still have a friend who works there, and after four years, they still find a rando card somewhere in the office at times. It's a nice reminder of how they screwed me. My boss was fired about a year later for bad production. The branch is bleeding to this day. This revenge honestly would be amazing, especially if they could actually use that card. Like, if you could basically be like a contractor of sorts. Imagine how sweet that would be to like, try to play both sides there. Serving up some remembrance, but also, hey, if you need some work, I'm still available. Our next story is from an anonymous poster. He lied to me, so I left his number everywhere. I've been dating this guy I really liked for three months. I was happy and I thought things were going great. Eventually, I kind of just started feeling like he wasn't being honest with me, so I wanted to end things. Every time I'd bring up my concerns, he assured me it was all in my head and I needed to relax. He had at least two chances to leave me alone. Even though I liked him, I just couldn't shake the feeling. The day before yesterday, he showed me something funny on Facebook he posted, but when I went back the next morning to see if I could send it to one of my friends, it wasn't there. So I started searching him under a different name, and I found his real Facebook with all the pictures and videos of his actual long-term girlfriend in another state. He looked very much in love, and I was very disappointed because I never knew and wouldn't have stayed around if I would have, and I gave him chances to leave me alone. So yesterday I spent all day signing him up for everything I could find that asked for a number. Cat facts, weather updates in different states, car insurance quotes, life insurance, Bible verses, coupons, everything I could find. His phone will be so full of spam. Then I posted screenshots of our conversations all over their pictures together from as recent as the night before, and I took his name out so the number was visible at the top. He was so mad at me. I've never done anything like this before, but for years men have been lying to me and breaking my heart, making me feel stupid, and it hurts and I just snapped. But I don't feel bad, and I will not apologize. Is absolutely blowing up somebody's phone or email acceptable in a situation like this? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments. I will say though, defending yourself and outing this guy on Facebook when they're living a double life? I think that's more than fair. I think the dude deserves to be shamed for that. Our next story is from TPB772000. The revenge may be small, but it has a good personality. So I wanted to buy a new game for my Switch. Specifically, I wanted Shining Pearl. 
I already had Brilliant Diamond and wanted some of the game exclusions that can only be found on Shining Pearl. Well, money's tight right now and I don't have much to spare, so I went to Facebook Marketplace. I found a guy selling a used pearl his son no longer wanted. Perfect, I thought. I ended up messaging him and buying it. He said that he'll ship it to me at the end of day. I never got a shipping confirmation, and the next day I go to message him, and I'm blocked. Well, crap. I've been scammed. I'd bought about 20 things off of Facebook Market, so the level in which I trusted the sellers had went up, because I never encountered a problem. So me and my friend found him on Facebook and waited until he decided to sell something again. This time he was selling a different game that was for the PS5. My friend contacted him, said he was at work, and could he text him? Bingo, we got his number. Later that day, after I had time to prepare, I sent him a text from my phone. Hey, just to let you know, you scammed me out of $20 for Shining Pearl and I learned my lesson, but now I'm going to annoy the crap out of you. I enlisted his number on every single thing I could find. I signed him up with all kinds of political callers, prank numbers, everything. The more it called or texted, the better it was. I even found a website that'll send whoever you choose a random fact about Trump every hour. I went on Craigslist and made a post saying free hen and free cow to a good home. Selling the land, don't have time for an auction. Where I'm from, I know we got about a hundred calls alone asking about the chickens and cows. I went on Zillow and said I wanted to sell my house and gave them his number, telling them I wanted to speak to an agent. I know for a fact he won't be able to get rid of that. I wish I knew how many calls and texts he got and at what point he finally turned his phone off. My hope is that he had to get a new number, and if he did, I hope it cost him some money. Like $20. Even if he gets it changed with no fee, the annoyance of having to give everyone your new number is good enough. As the title says, it's not the biggest revenge and I didn't get my money back, but I did hopefully cause him some suffering and I learned a lesson. So considering this guy clearly doesn't care about OP and the fact that they have OP's number because they reached out, right? Could the stranger, considering they have a text from OP that says they're going to annoy the crap out of them, have some kind of legal grounds for like a harassment case? I mean, I know good old America, everything devolves down to can it be a lawsuit? But I am kind of curious. Our next story is from Snoo Foxes 2509 Cheating boyfriend tries to make our breakup mutual, ends up kicked out of our friend group, then tries to contact me when I start to date again. It's a real doozy with how long of the crap show my ex put me through, so sit back and enjoy this roller coaster. This ex of mine was my first boyfriend, Voldemort. We started as friends and then started dating in sophomore year of high school and thought we could make it out as high school sweethearts. Yet, when college came around, he went off the deep end with how he viewed our relationship. He didn't want my opinions on how he lived his life, despite him bailing on college after one semester, hopping from job to job, and wasting money on smash tournaments to improve his skills. Only went out with me if, by the end of the date, we do the do, almost rushing our date to get on with it, asked for way too much stuff that put me out of my comfort zone. Only when I voiced my objections, he turned it around to make me a terrible person for disappointing him and how I'm not being a responsible girlfriend, to which I gave in to his needs despite how awful it made me feel. At this point a reasonable person would dump him immediately with all the red flags popping up, but not me. This was my first relationship and I had the I can fix him mentality and thought nothing would happen between us. 
until we get invited to our friend's birthday party. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Lord picks me up and says he wants to talk about something before we get there. We park a few blocks away, and he admits to cheating on me not once, but twice. The first time he was browsing Facebook and saw his old middle school girlfriend online and decided to chat with her before it escalated into sexting, him being the one to start it. The second time, I was busy studying for school and couldn't give him any eye candy for the night, so we decided to download Tinder and meet with a rando woman to get a quickie. He then turns the whole conversation around to make it seem like he had a reason to cheat because his needs weren't kept up by me. His sins got the best of him, but it was my fault apparently. I sat there in shock of how stupid he sounded and said that I'm not the one who cheated, but he just ignores me. He then went on on a sort of, I need to find myself lecture, cause apparently he needed to be independent from me cause he relied too much on me, aka, I'm leaving my girlfriend because I don't want to be told about my choices being crap, and she's right. After all that, he asks me to keep quiet about our breakup to our friends, until he finds the time to tell them himself. I stay silent and just accept our mutual breakup, and we head off to the party. All seemed well, and me and Voldemort were very distant from one another at the party. It was natural since he wasn't a PDA person. I was keeping my cool and didn't want to make a scene at the party, until he pulled me aside and said, Find someone to give you a ride home. I'ma leave to a tournament. I say nothing while he says bye to our friends, earning some confusion cause why is he leaving his girlfriend behind but they say nothing. At this point, I'd regrettably accepted my fate to deal with the awkward situation I'm in. Thoughts of, it was your fault for not leaving immediately, 
No one will believe your side if you say anything, and no one will believe a slot were in my head. That's how much internal turmoil I was dealing with. That I was manipulated to being a play toy for him. That I didn't care for myself. I didn't want to be shamed at this party, so I kept it in and remained as happy as I could be. It took a very close friend of mine to ask me what happened, that I finally snapped. I threw caution to the wind and told my friends about him cheating on me. I was not going to deal with Voldemort's crap anymore and wanted them to know the truth before he had a say and twisted the truth around. And to my relief, they all supported me during my explanation, saying I don't have to apologize for something that wasn't my fault and that I didn't ruin the party because this was very serious for everyone. Things settled down after that. Everyone collectively agreed to have him be banned from all our future hangouts and gave their last goodbyes to him through text messages, minus me, because I was still in shock of everything and my friends agreed I should just not text them anymore and they'll handle it. Some of them said they got replies of, I knew she would overreact and don't believe her, making them hate him even more for implying that I was lying. It took a few years for me to rebuild my self-confidence up and feel comfortable enough to start dating again. Yet, it seemed that I wasn't out of Voldemort's meaty claws yet. A week into my fresh new relationship, Voldy tries to contact me through Facebook Messenger. While I blocked him from calling me through normal means, I had forgotten to block him on that app. I didn't accept the FaceTime call through the app and let it ring, hoping he'd take the hint and leave me alone. But no, he contacts me a second time. This was now around the time of last year, mid-December. I was enjoying my holiday break from classes, and lo and behold, I get an email from him. Out of all ways to reach me, he emails me. The header of this email read, Hey, heard the news, could we meet up and chat? Boy, did it make my blood boil reading that. Like it was his business to try and pry into my life after what he did. I knew at this point he wasn't going to stop and I had to put my foot down. I open the email and reply with one long paragraph of how I'm done with this crap and how it baffled me that he still didn't think he was in the wrong and we should still talk about it because I knew he had more on his mind than a simple chat. He types back an excuse of, no, no, we're just going to chat. Maybe watch a movie like the new Spider-Man that came out, but I still said no. The last thing I typed back was for my own sake and I never felt so relieved when I sent it. It read, Stop messaging after this. I don't know how or why you don't understand that what you did was your choice and your fault. It had nothing to do with me. I chose to be the bigger person to tell our friend group and not remain silent like you did. They showed more care for me than you ever did. I was there through thick and thin for you and yet you chose to cheat on me. You shouldn't have expected me to let this slide, and I don't care about letting bygones be bygones, and how I should forgive you and let my soul be at ease. No amount of praying will make me forgive you. May you rot in heck. And with that, I sent it and blocked him. It took me a second to realize how much he affected me even after the years of my self-improvement. I started to laugh, to cry, and then both because I finally had my say in the matter and he had to deal with it. And so, my tale of toxic relationship comes to a satisfying ending with me getting the last laugh. This guy sounded like a horrible, dreadful person to put up with. I don't think a lot of people really realize it, even though it's such a cliche, 
A lot of people in that first relationship just have blinders on. They just they just can't fathom the reality of a bad or unfixable relationship until they've just experienced it. It sucks, but for some people, you gotta learn the hard way. I'm just glad OP was able to move past this and work on improving themselves. This next story is from Inevitable Care, 1976. Public payback to a customer who refused to pay. So I had a garden maintenance business and had a lady living in a very nice area call me and ask me to do some regular visits. I was actually in the process of selling the business but made 6x visits. She was pretty bad at paying but had a previous invoice so I let her balance grow out to about $300 before sending numerous reminders. When she found out that I was selling the business she obviously decided to try and not pay me. I was texting, emailing her every few days and she would ignore 90% of the messages and eventually asked me to stop harassing her, stating she had COVID and would settle it the following week. I'd basically written this off in my head, not caring about the money, but was angry because she's a high-profile lawyer, lives in a rich suburb, and had the means to pay me. I also mentioned the situation to my mom, who said that I shouldn't threaten a lawyer and should just walk away. Once the business had sold, I found her lawyer profile and where she worked. This is a big company in the city, and I noticed they had Google reviews open, but had zero reviews. I left a one-star review very openly stating that this was not the company, but her and what had happened. By this point, I've moved to South America for six months of backpacking, and I didn't really care what would happen. I got a call from Jordan, the new owner of the business, the next day saying he'd received a call and was having legal actions threatened against him and asking me to remove it. I told him the situation and I asked for 24 hours more to resolve it and if it got too heated, I would take it down. He previously worked for me and I considered him a friend so thankfully he was all good with that. I quickly spoke to my brother, who has a law degree, just to make sure she was bluffing. At the end of the day, it's not illegal to make a Google review. I then received an email from them demanding I remove it and she would pay me. I very strongly worded a response saying it will not be removed until the money is clear in my account. I fell asleep then and woke up. I had three more emails initially threatening me and then eventually saying that she had paid the money. Once I checked the money was in the account, I removed the post. She had made it very clear that she was under extreme pressure from her firm. I'd also sent the email to their reception, and I'm sure the whole office was aware of this incident and her reputation had been affected. Moral of the story, if you have a public profile, don't treat people badly in the days of the internet. I also feel especially content that I faced up with a lawyer who probably thought she could scare me and not pay and give a taste of her own medicine. As long as you don't do anything that will get you in any legal trouble, I say do what you gotta do to get your money back that you legitimately worked for and are owed. Our next story is from Constant Vacation 94. Entitled business owner can't use a school computer and loses his only chance to get his work done. I was at my university before the semester started, working out some stuff for my classes. There was a line to see an advisor and I'd been waiting in it for over an hour before I got to the front desk. While I was at the front desk, a man walked in and approached. He was told there was a line to see an advisor and to get in the back of it. At this point, the dude looks at the man behind the desk and says, I don't need an advisor. I just need the password to use the library computers. He's told that he can sign in using his student email and password. 
Lo and behold, he's not a student. I'm a business owner and I have accounts to handle and need a computer to do that, blah, blah, blah. They tell him unfortunately that he's not a student and won't be able to access the school computers. He's super entitled, refuses to listen, and keeps insisting they just give him a random username and password so he can manage his accounts. At this point, I've been waiting open-mouthed for him to give up and go away, since I've been waiting and it's my turn. He's still not listening, so I kindly decide to reiterate that non-students can't use the computers. I'm about to tell him that I have a laptop in my car and I'd be happy to let him use it, but he decides to fly off the handle at me, yelling that I'm a rude, inconsiderate witch and that I need to learn to butt out and keep my nose in my own business. He's told again that it's not possible for him to use a computer and that harassing students will not be accepted. He doesn't stop and security is called for him to escort him out. I finish with my advisor and begin walking back out to my car and this guy is still arguing with campus security. He sees me come out and starts harassing me again about how if I'd kept my mouth shut he could have used a computer. I couldn't help myself. I said, oh, I'm sorry you're not a student and can't use the school computers. I have a laptop in my car that I would say you could use, but since I'm such an inconsiderate witch, I'm going to drive away with my computer and you can suck on it. Bye bye with a happy smile and a sarcastic wave. It wasn't much, but the look on his face was priceless, and I left school laughing my butt off. Let's be real, what kind of dude is rolling up to this library like this anyways? It's one thing if it's a genuine public library, but they rolled up to a university's library and just expected to hop on a computer? I just need to pull up my QuickBooks real quick. Uh, sir, this is a campus library. And our final story of the day is from Neither Glove 4355 Ruin my wedding to propose? I'll ruin your proposal. I, 35-year-old male, have a young brother, Todd, 29-year-old male, who had a complicated birth and had to stay a month in the ICU. And because of that, my parents have always doted on him and almost denied him nothing, even if it was to the detriment of my sister, Abby, 32-year-old female, and I. My brother drinks in on the attention and has on more than one occasion made himself the center of attention at either my, my sister's, or a cousin's special event. Because of this, Abby and I have a strained relationship with Todd and our parents. Unfortunately, Todd met and fell in love with Lucy, 24-year-old female, who announced her pregnancy at the baby shower my mom held for Abby. When I proposed to my wife Michelle, 30-year-old female, I just wanted to elope but she really wanted her family to be there, so I invited my family out of obligation. While out, my best man Jim, 35-year-old male, noticed a receipt from a jewelry store that slipped out of Todd's pocket. Jim confronted Todd about this, which led to an argument. Jim told me everything, and I told Todd that he was no longer going to be a groomsman because I knew he was going to propose at my wedding. Todd cried to our parents, which led to a blowout, In my parents' eyes, since Todd never admitted that he was going to propose to Lucy at my wedding, I was unfairly judging him. I refused and brought up Todd's past behavior. My parents couldn't refute this and got Todd to agree to not try anything at my wedding. This wasn't enough to convince me to let him be a groomsman, but I warned him that if, as a guest, he'd try anything, I would make him regret it. Fast forward to the wedding, and surprise, surprise, Todd walked over to Lucy and proposed to her 
during Michelle's father-daughter dance and did it in a way so that everyone would notice. Cue my revenge, Jim and I had hired a woman to pretend to be Todd's side piece, who cornered Todd and Lucy and claimed that she was pregnant with his baby. Todd denied this, but when she called his phone, I gave her his number and messed with Todd's phone to incriminate him. It didn't look good. Lucy threw the ring back at Todd and left in tears. When Todd saw the smile on my face, he knew that it was me, and I didn't respond to a single call or text from him or my parents until after the honeymoon. Lucy's thrown Todd's stuff out and has been denying access to their kid. Todd is furious and is demanding that I clear his name. I sent him a text saying that I had no idea what he was talking about, as well as a screenshot of a bill for the wedding, and gave a vague message demanding reimbursement for half of the wedding costs. Michelle knew the whole time what I was planning, and gave me the green light after Todd ruined her moment with her dad. So I felt pretty good, but now even Abby thinks I went too far. I mean, if he is a faithful guy, it's a little disappointing to see a relationship that was getting to the point where they would marry each other be ruined by a false setup like that, but I gotta admit it's hard not to say that they deserved it. I mean, this dude was just the definition of spoiled evil. Just ruin everything for everyone else for themselves. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.